Blog Talk Radio. My name is Tom Mark Lassell, Presidente. You know me as the host of The Balance here on the Balance Radio Network. We are proud to bring back Breaking Rank, our college football preview uh, show every single week. We'll be doing it right here every Wednesday, home day, 8 to 9 p.m. Central or 7 to 8 uh, p.m. Uh, Central time or whatever time zone you're in. We're starting now. We're starting live. Also, just remember, you can catch the podcast. The great thing about this, kind of like a podcast because uh, we're not going to have any breaks. We're going to go right through this. Uh, but the host of Breaking Rank moving forward uh, is our executive producer, Mr. Rick Riggin. Rick, how are you, sir? And uh, I, 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 I hand the controls over to you, sir. Uh, thank you very much, Tom. It's really cool to have my own show here on the Balance Sports Talk Network. Uh, if you will. So it's really cool, really excited to get going here, and we have a lot to talk about uh, today, actually. There's a lot going on in the world of college football. So uh, let's get into it. What do you say? Well, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. I know also, and I'll let you and see, you're going to have to kick me in the nuts every now and then, Rick. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm used to being the host, so uh, <laughs> I know we've got uh, we've got a guest on with us as well. Go right ahead, Rick. <laughs> Yeah, also joining us, uh, along with me and Tom, is Matthew Embry from 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader, Notre Dame Properties. Matt, how you doing? I'll tell you what, it's going to be a very interesting season. We're just over a week out right now. There's already been a lot of news during the off season involving a couple of teams, most notably Ohio State and Maryland, unfortunately for the wrong reasons. But other than that, uh, things have not changed much at the top. Uh, it's still about Alabama and uh, the top teams from the SEC at this point. So we'll get into the uh, the driving story story of the day. It's the Urban Meyer situation, the Ohio State Board of Trustees meeting uh, at 9 o'clock this morning, and that meeting actually is still going on. Uh, I don't really have to get into much of the background uh, of Urban Meyer. He's been on the paid administrative leave for the past 20 days, 19, 20 days. If you're a fan of college football, then you know uh, all the steps leading up to how we got here today. So we don't need to go over over that right now. But what we can talk about is just what we know from the day is the Board of Trustees actually started meeting at 9 o'clock uh, in a surprise move. I don't know if he was called upon to show up at the meeting or if he just did it on his own. But Urban Meyer did show up to the meeting uh, at around 9 o'clock this morning. And then later on, his wife Shelly showed up, and then also the wife of Gene Smith, the athletic director, showed up. And then just in the past hour or so, the uh, the president of Ohio State, Michael Drake, his wife also showed up. And, and to me, and it could be a knee-jerk reaction maybe, but to me it just looks like that they're building towards a press conference and some show of unity maybe against domestic violence as they hand the keys back to Urban Meyer. Tom, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we are certainly on Urban Meyer Watch. We have been all day, as you mentioned, since 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, they have been meeting the trustees. And I also might want to point out, uh, just uh, for those people that are familiar with college sports, especially college basketball, Clark Kellogg is on that board of trustees. Uh, so as uh, just as an information uh, purposes on that, they've had the investigation. The investigation was handed over to the trustees so they could get a leg up, if you will, uh, around Monday or uh, around Monday, I believe it was, or Tuesday, uh, yesterday. Uh, so they have been meeting all day long. Uh, there are uh, a couple working theories. We've talked about it 
on the balance before, and that was when it first happened. Uh, Rick, you and I kind of jumped on that ship and said he needs to go, but as things have panned out, uh, and uh, maybe he didn't do everything right, maybe he didn't do everything morally right. Uh, but the the question that you've got to ask yourself is: Did he do anything that broke any NCAA rules or laws? Did he break any laws himself? At the moment, it looks like that has not happened. But we are on 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 Urban Meyer watch. We'll see what happens. If something does happen, and you guys hear this. Breaking news ring in. I like it. That's right. Breaking news. If you hear the breaking news sound biter, we got something going on with Urban Meyer. My guess is that we're not going to hear anything today. Maybe not even tomorrow, but I would certainly think uh, going into the weekend so that, that it's that Friday drop, if you will, uh, which is a, a common thing if you want things to kind of get lost in the mix. And I think I agree with you, uh, Rick. Uh, we're going to see some sort of suspension. I think that's almost a necessity, but I certainly think that he'll be back on the field for a Big Ten competition. Uh, go ahead, Matthew Embry. What are your thoughts? Hey, well, the only job. way that <laughs> – Sorry, go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Well, the only way this is going to hurt them is potentially the TCU game, because I think TCU is the only team of those first three, assuming it's a three-game suspension. That's what we always keep hearing about this. That's probably what's going to happen with Urban Meyer. That's the only game where they could have a problem, because as we know, Gary Patterson always produces a team capable of beating top opponents in the Big 12. And I think that's the only game where if Ohio State loses a lot without Urban Meyer, where it's going to show. And, Tom, you, you mentioned a little bit ago about how me and you were on on the bus or on the train, really, of uh, Urban Meyer needs to go. This is just a couple weeks ago on the balance, right, when the story broke. And, actually, Matthew Embry was on that show with us, and he was our voice of reason, saying, I, I – Let's see the facts before we jump to conclusions because he may not be getting fired here. And now over the, these past two weeks, I agree with Matt because if he was going to be fired, we would have known something by now already and not 10 days before the start of college football. So, Matt, I, I, I'm on board with you. So uh, maybe you can walk us through these, these past couple weeks because uh, I, 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 I'm thinking you're right. Well, it has a past history, and I don't think anyone wanted to set a Paris precedent here by getting rid of a coach for a situation such as this, because it hasn't happened uh, to this. Of course, now it could happen with Maryland and D.J. Durkin. That's another story for its own time. But we have seen slap on the wrist be the common penalty for this, and I just had a feeling that that's what was going to happen here, regardless of the severity of the situation, unless we were talking to the level of, say, what happened with Baylor under Dave Bliss, et cetera. And even though, yes, this was not the cleanest of incidents or the greatest of incidents to, you know, put on your uh, docket, uh, the fact of the matter is it's not to the severity where I think a firing was going to happen. And sure enough, it looks like at most it's going to be a three-game suspension. And like I said, the only game where that puts Ohio State in any peril is the game against TCU. All right, Matt, and then I'll also uh, I'll bring up this tweet because I don't take much from social media over something like this because if you're not a fan of Ohio State, obviously, obviously you want to remire fired. Uh, there's too much bias on, on social media uh, for stuff like this. But there is one tweet from a guy out there that, uh, that I do believe. This is from Dave Biddle. He is with the 24-7 Sports CBS. He is the editor of Bucknuts. Uh, I guess that's their uh, Matt. Is that their newspaper there around Ohio State? Is that like a is that a blog? That sounds about uh, right. Yes. Okay. Uh, he's got a Cliff Notes version here on Twitter from what he's been told, and I, I do trust him as a reliable source for this. It's Ohio State's board of trustees wants to reinstate Urban Meyer immediately, but University President Michael Drake is balking at that. Wants Urban he wants Urban Meyer to serve a, a serve a suspension. Meyer refuses to serve suspension since he thinks he did nothing wrong. So my question to you is, what? Urban Meyer's a state employee of the state of Ohio. He's, I would just, I guess I'm not going to go too far out on a limb, but I would say he's the highest paid state employee also. But 
does he really have this much power to go against the president of the university that he works for to, to turn down a suspension if the president wants that? Well, Bobby Knight is the Indiana University basketball head coach, so it depends on what level you view Urban Meyer. If he's got that much power built up in just a few years of coaching Ohio State, then maybe he does. But, uh, again, as we have mentioned, and I mentioned during that uh, last show on Blog Talk, the key thing here also is what's the reprimand going to be on the president, Michael Drake. I apologize. I didn't get the president name right. I thought it was still uh, H. Jordan G., but Michael Drake has a lot to lose in this. If this backfires and more information uh, comes about after the fact, they let this guy go without penalty. So that's why uh, the president, I think, is taking this kind of a hard stance. Tom, what's your thoughts on that? Well, here's the thing, and I totally agree with uh, Matt on that, because it's, it, this could prove catastrophically uh, to the university, and not only the university, but the athletic director as well. And so I, the the holdup, at least what we're seeing on social media, you're absolutely right, Rick. The holdup is uh, President Drake is saying, uh, no, we're going to have a suspension here. And, and I think you can do it both ways. I think you can make everybody happy with doing a suspension and getting back in time for games that matter. And uh, you know what? Maybe the last thing Ohio State University needs to worry about is being – in the playoffs or being in a national championship. If they lose a game to TCU, well, so be it. Maybe he should have made better decisions when it came to his staff. Maybe he did all the right things about reporting it, but what he didn't do, what he could have done is when he brought in the coach and asked, hey, did this happen? And it was denied. Well, we've got to investigate this, so you need to cool down a little bit. We're going to put you on paid administrative leave. You're going to stay away from the team. You're going to stay away from the media. Let us sort this out. Had he done that and done that all along, I think we'd be in a, having a different scenario right now where we would just be seeing a, a wide receiver's coach fired. And let's, let's also not forget his, his legacy if you will, with Ohio State and that wide receiver's coach. And we all know who his grandfather uh, is, Rick. So go right ahead. Uh, is, is Zach Smith the, uh, the the best wide receivers coach ever in the history of football for all this? You know, and uh, my question was going to be for you, Tom. Was uh, we heard two weeks ago? I guess about two weeks ago, Urban Meyer said he did get taken all this information and send this information up to proper chains. So that puts uh, Gene Smith under the bus. So how come we're seeing all this about Urban Meyer being fired and maybe all this stuff about Michael Drake, but we're not hearing much about Gene Smith? When, when really he's the next guy up in the chain. So you're talking about the wide receiver coach, Gene Smith, where all of this is about? No, no we're talking about Gene Smith, the athletic director. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I, I, I lost you there. No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Matt, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I'm sorry I was kind of watching this social media and I, and I, and I lost your question there. So <laughs> I, I do apologize about that, Rick, but go right ahead, Matt. Well, as we know with Gene Smith, this is not the first time that he has been in a little bit of hot water involving the football program. Also, there's been some issues with the basketball program, uh, I believe under Jim O'Brien, I believe was the coach's name. So it has not been a squeaky clean situation for Gene Smith. So he's another person here with uh, multiple uh, red flags on his dossier that also stands to lose a lot here if they don't do the right thing in this situation. Now, Again, that's the question, though, is what the right thing is. And like I said, I'll recuse myself in this. I'll just go by what the major opinion has been, and that has been a three-game suspension. I do not believe, even though I am not the biggest fan of Ohio State, that a firing is necessitated here. But I think there needs to be some kind of reprimand to set a precedent that this kind of behavior is not to be tolerated. And, and one Matt, thing to point out. Think... All right, go ahead, Tom. Oh, sorry, buddy. Go right ahead. <laughs> uh, it's a bad habit on Wednesday. You're going to have to break. <laughs> I know. Well, you're going to have to just uh, jump in there and start talking a little bit faster. So go right ahead, sir. Go, go right ahead. <laughs> All right, Matt. So do you think this situation with Urban Meyer it, it is worse than what happened with Jim Trestle in that situation with the tattoos and, I guess, the cars and what he was actually fired for a few, uh, a few years ago? Because there was direct involvement with Trestle situation, I believe the Trestle information is the one that is the bigger stain. Now, granted, I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me in saying that, but there was a paper trail that went directly to Jim Trestle. 
it is going somewhat to Urban Meyer, but in my opinion, somewhat is not enough to send him down the road uh, with that information. Now, granted, what Zach Smith did was not the best thing anyone probably, in fact, is probably the worst thing he could have done. But the fact is, though, the paper trail that tied Jim Tressel to all the violations is not as clearly drawn out, at least in the way I see it, to Urban Meyer, and therefore I think the suspension is the way to go. So 917-889-8516, 917-889-8516 is our phone number if you have any questions or you want to weigh in on, on this topic. I mean, there's a lot of you out there that I know that do. You've certainly been doing on social media. This is a great platform. This show is a perfect platform for you to call in and also uh, you can have your opinion heard too. So, uh, Tom, I believe you had a question. I really have a question, just out of statement. I think one of the things to, to point out here, again, just aligning ourselves with, with – Going, do, do I think he should be fired? Yes. Is that the right thing to do morally? Yes. Is that something that the college is going to do? No. And, you know, part of what happened here is uh, Urban Meyer did, I'm saving my ass. He, uh, he basically threw Gene Smith underneath the bus. And I know that Urban Meyer met with investigators more than twice during the Ohio State's uh, two-week investigation into, uh, into the whole incident in, in, the, in, the, in Zach Smith. Uh, also, I know that uh, I had heard that um, um, their athletic director, I'm so sorry, I just said his name too. Uh, Gene Smith. <laughs> Gene Smith. Too many Smiths running around here. Um, I do not know the timetable of that. However, that said, if stories collaborated between Gene Smith and Urban Meyer that said, yes, he did this. Uh, no, Ohio State dropped the ball. I agree with Matt. I, I, I think that the bigger black eye is to uh, uh, Gene Smith and to uh, President Drake. And this could be a situation to where the trustees say, well, we're going to keep Urban, Fi- uh, Urban Meyer, but uh, Gene Smith, we might have to be looking other ways because the buck may not stop with you, but if you did not move that buck to President Drake – or it could go up the, the, the ladder even higher, Rick and Matt, because if it's shown in the investigation that President Drake and Athletic Director Smith both knew something, did nothing, that could be catastrophic for the front office of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, my thing is, a month ago when Zach Smith was fired, that's when all this really went public. And, and Matt, uh, your thoughts maybe on, on why this took so long when these incidents started in uh, 2009 and maybe even probably even prior I think I saw reports from 2005 even. Why did they wait? How come nobody knew anything about this, at least not in public anyway, until Zach Smith last month was fired? There just seems like there's a code of silence to these certain things. I don't understand what it is unless they feel like there was something that could have really been a bad thing for the program, et cetera, in the years ahead. But uh, it all it took, I think, was the firing to eventually create the – you know, powder keg, and then the starting of the sniffing. And, uh, of course, that led to the report by ESPN's Brett McMurphy. And sure enough, uh, then Urban Meyer has the little bit of a slip-up during media day, and now this has taken uh, a lot of uh, twists and turns. And, uh, like I said, it's interesting to see what happens. But I think a middle-of-the-road action here is the way to go here. So I think you're going to have both sides happy. Uh, I think ultimately – the situation is going to be positive in that situation, but I don't think you can go either completely to the left or completely to the right on this because I think you're going to have a lot of uh, backlash if you go either way. So, and Matt, Rick, uh, I was, yeah, I said beach at that time. <laughs> no, actually, I was going to, I was going to oh, okay. contribute something here. I'm, I'm really right. monitoring social media and the hashtags with Urban Meyer. Now, this was just two hours ago, but Sean Callahan. Um, I'm trying to find his, uh, but hashtag sources have been telling me that Urban Meyer will be let go by the University of Ohio State. Stand by, more news to come. So that it was two hours ago uh, from Sean Callahan, and he's um, is he a verified account? He is a verified account. It's kind of what well, I was trying to figure out. I've who been he was. seeing a so, lot of that too, uh, but from unverified accounts today. So I, I just I 
really just to dismiss it. Yeah, we've got we've got to be very careful. We're certainly not breaking any yeah, news about that. I'm just I'm just kind of um, strolling through the hashtag here. Obviously, uh, there's not been any official word on that at all. But if that's the case, that's something that we haven't talked about. That's not something the the belief that's going on. But maybe there was something in that investigation, and and and. You would think the longer they go in their deliberation, the trustees, if you will, they're trying to look at every little piece, uncover every little rock, talk to everyone, dot their I's and cross their T's. That could go one of two ways, Matt, and and Rick. It could be they're trying to make a case to fire him, or they're well, they're, they're not. Go ahead. It, it was reported earlier. I guess some photographers, reporters got a glimpse of when they was coming out of the doors, and there actually was a Ohio State like backdrop and a podium set up, like there was going to be a press conference today, which still could come. I mean, it's starting to look less likely today, but it could happen. And uh, it, it what's throwing me off is you know the, the wives showing up, and it's just not your typical. Uh, we're letting our. I, he's really a iconic head coach, you know, for college football in our era. Uh, we're letting we're letting this guy go if they're bringing a bunch of people in. You know, it just seems like they're setting up for some sort of press conference, but I just don't think they're going to fire him. Well, maybe we'll so, have uh, to watch for the. Yeah, I was just gonna I was just gonna make a comment because I was just gonna make uh, a go comment. Ahead. You know how when they, you know when they how they select the pope, the black smoke comes up. They've got one. The white one, they don't. Maybe we just need to watch the smoke and see if the smoke leads to a firing. And uh, go ahead. I think Matt's in line. I'm out. I stepped out of line again. Well, I was going to ask uh, Matt that, uh, you know, I haven't seen a- any of this yet, but maybe maybe you have. Do you think Brevik Murphy actually started this investigation on his, his report before the firing of Zach Smith? Do you think there's something he got tipped off to uh, before because it, he's put together a hell of a report, done a great job this investigation. So to me, it just seems like he has been working on this uh, long before Zach Smith was let go. And they say the media is ineffective. Well, that shows you otherwise. And unfortunately, a lot of these NCAA violation cases are because a reporter has dug deep enough to get onto something. We've seen it uh, with a few situations, uh, some articles in college basketball from Dana O'Neill that have led to a revealed situation, of course, involving, for instance, Bruce Pearl at Tennessee. Uh, so this is nothing new here, and this is why you have these code of silences at most of these schools when there's a potential violation, because they know the media is sniffing for stories, and if they can possibly get a whiff of anything like this, they're definitely going to report it. Yeah, definitely. And, and guys, I think we're going to wrap up our Ohio State talk. We've kind of beat it to the ground. You know, past couple weeks on the balance, and now the first 20 or so minutes here. Uh, we are breaking rank. We are going to break down some of these rankings. The newly released top 25 poll came out a couple of days ago. 917-889-8516, our number. You can still call in and weigh in on uh, Urban Meyer. You can definitely call in about the uh, rankings. But guys, let's turn to the rankings. Let's turn so, to the rankings. Let's go to the rankings yeah. and tell us yeah, if their Meyer story breaks while we're on the air here. Definitely we'll, we'll go back to that and release that info as we get it also. So anybody listening to us, listening to us will not miss out on that because we'll have that info. And definitely you can call in and weigh in yourselves. But uh, the rankings came out earlier this week, the AP Top 25, which uh, I don't know how you guys feel. I, I, I do kind of like to know where teams stand, uh, team stand, but I do feel like the rankings in a way are, are, are pointless until the playoff rankings come out around week eight. Uh, but once again, we have Alabama ranked number one. And, Tom, you mentioned earlier it's the annual uh, quarterback controversy at Alabama, but there's really no controversy there. It is going to be Tua. They're both going to play, but it, it, it's going to be Tua. It's going to come out be the start of week one. So, uh, But the AP has Alabama at number one. Uh, Tom, do you disagree with any of that? Well, I, I'm, I'm always going to disagree with Alabama being anywhere there, but obviously they've earned a right to be at the number one slot. And any quarterback controversy that's there, Nick Saban created all by himself. Any type of, of, of him saying, oh, I want the, the, there to be no sideshow, there is no quarterback controversy. That quarterback controversy began last year in the national championship when you pulled uh, your quarterback out halfway, didn't have enough faith in him, and then uh, to, to, to do what they were able to do. Uh, shows me that you created your own quarterback uh, controversy. 
so Alabama is probably right where they need to be. Uh, but as as we mentioned in our title, AP loves Bama. I would say that uh, it's going to be hard to move the the needle at least at first, at least early in the season uh, for the for the at least the top five to to change. Of course, I believe you got Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson there stacked together as well. I don't have it right up here in front of me right now, but. Uh, It doesn't shock me that Alabama is number one. I I am curious to see the media frenzy uh, like a a dog on a milk bone uh, that's going to happen over this quarterback controversy. And, uh, Rick, I think you know who the quarterback is. I know who the quarterback is. Matt knows who the quarterback is. Why are we asking who's going to be the quarterback with Alabama is is baffled. Baffles my mind. (laughs) Well, it's it's Alabama and they uh, that. There's a story every year. They're they're the uh, they're the big dog in the yard. So if Nick Saban says there's quarterback controversy, which was not, uh, we'll we'll go with the quarterback controversy and we'll talk about it. And and Matt, my my issue with Alabama is is their schedule every year. And uh, some people agree with me on this, and some uh, a lot of people don't, but some people do. Uh, Alabama plays at, at least one FCS school every single year, and that's cool for the FCS school. They get whatever money to play against Alabama. But my thing is, if you step down out of your, out of your league, you know, whatever point of the season is, but just during the season, you step out of your league to play a team, uh, a, a far less inferior team, uh, you should be disqualified from any postseason. What are your thoughts on that? The fact that they're only playing one strong team outside of their conference, which I would say I'm not convinced Louisville is that strong of a team anyway, is a little bit of a red flag and a turnoff to me, considering who else they have on the roster as far as non-conference. For instance, Arkansas State, Louisiana Lafayette, the Citadel. Uh, that, to me, I think is a little bit of a turnoff, especially if they go 11-1. and That could be a problem for them. But if they go undefeated, there's no way you can keep them out of the playoff. Uh, the thing, though, as far as Alabama I look at is there's questions about the receiver and tight end spot, in my opinion. And then defensively, we'll learn how much depth uh, Nick Saban had on defense because he only has two returning starters that are projected to be starters for the 2018 opener against Louisville. I also believe it, it just recently got put out that there's, he's got two linebackers injured. I don't know if they're injured for the season, if they were starters. Uh, but he's got two linebackers injured and may not be starting week one. So we'll, we'll have to see. And, and Tom, this question will be for you. Uh, the other thing, the other issue I have with Alabama, and Matt hit on it, uh, they don't really play true non-conference role games. I mean, this game against Louisville is in Orlando. I mean, it's close to Alabama, but it's not a road game. A game is not in Louisville. Even though it's uh, Lamar Jackson, with, uh, no, no, Lamar, no Lamar Jackson, bleh, game talk. No Lamar Jackson, I don't even think it would have mattered anyway, but how's the NCAA uh, – just let Alabama get away or let Nick Saban get away with not playing any role games in non-conference. Again, it's Alabama. And the thing about it is if anybody says that the NFL needs a developmental league, all they've got to do is look into the SEC. All they've got to do is look into Alabama. All they've got to do is look into Auburn and Clemson. The NFL does have a development league. That said, uh, high expectations come from a Nick Saban. High expectations come from they get the they, they get the the cherry walk, if you will, because they've proven time and time and time again they get the best recruits because of who they are. So the best players into the NFL come out of schools like Alabama, schools like Auburn, and and, and so forth. Not completely by any means, but certainly when you're looking at teams that produce. Some of the historically produced some of the best NFL players comes from that segment of, of the world. Yeah, and you know it's, you're defending national champion right now, so I, I guess you go into the next year at number one. I have no issue with that. Just my two issues with Bama is their schedule and playing their FCS schools. I mean, I just feel like if you're D1, you shouldn't be stepping down to play. Uh, FCS, one double A, whatever you want to call it. But uh, number two, we have Clemson. Now, Clemson, to me, I feel like should probably be the number one team in the country. I feel like they're the most talented team 
uh, probably in the country. Their defensive line and their O-line is really good. Defensive line, it, it, they're going to be nasty this year. Brent Venables is probably the best defensive coordinator in all of college football. Uh, they're trying to say they have a quarterback controversy, too, uh, with their uh, their all-star freshman, their uh, – and then Kelly Bryant was their starter last year. But this is going to be Kelly Bryant's team. They're, they're, he took them to the college football playoff last year. I don't see them changing their mind and hand the keys over to a freshman this year. So uh, this is Kelly Bryant's team. And, and, Matt, do you see anywhere on Clemson's schedule where they get tripped up? Because I don't. I think they're going to just walk right through their season this year and get right back into the playoff. Florida State's always a mixed bag, and the fact that game is in Tallahassee, which is a rocket crowd at uh, Doak Campbell Stadium, that's the one game that's scary. And then, of course, whoever they draw in the SEC championship game could also be a scary proposition. And then, of course, the trip to College Station with potentially a mixed bag with Texas A&M, a down Texas A&M, but Texas A&M nonetheless. Uh, Those are the two games as far as road games that stand out. And then we don't know about Wake Forest. Wake Forest continues to gain momentum. I don't know if it's going to be enough to beat Clemson, but I think they could certainly give Clemson a run for their money for maybe a couple of quarters, if not three. All right, Matt. And then uh, real quick, since you mentioned A&M, uh, there's actually a, a new set of allegations out against Jimbo Fisher. I just saw saw this today about a player that transferred from A&M to Arizona and said that he came out, he's got a lawyer even, and they're saying that Jimbo Fisher and that his staff there at Texas A&M is giving improper benefits to, to players and also uh, mishandling medical conditions. Have you heard anything about that? I see the article in the New York Post. I haven't looked into it. But the thing is, though, remember how much money Jimbo Fisher is getting from A&M. It's currently a $75 million contract, so a buyout there is really going to be a tough thing. Unless there is more you know, of a paper trail here, I don't think this is going to cause anything where College Station can do anything but see out the contract because a buyout for a $75 million contract is going to be a devastating blow for the Aggies in that athletic program. The thing I see coming out about this is this is a player that wanted to transfer to another school, uh, Jimbo Fisher. I don't know why college coaches have this power, really, but wouldn't let him transfer to a school or two that he wanted to transfer to, so he follows Kevin someone out to Arizona. Of course, Kevin Sumlin was the head coach at Arizona State or at, at Texas A&M. Now he's the head coach at Arizona. I just think this is like a, a, a bitter kid, really. And I don't know if these uh, allegations are true or not. I mean, the, that just that news just kind of broke today, so there's not a whole lot of out about it yet. But it just sounds like it, it, it's a disgruntled uh, player for uh, that was at Texas A&M and now. He didn't get to go to school he wanted to go to because coaches have the power to stop them. So now he's coming out with this. But he does have a lawyer, and it, it's probably going to be a, a little bit of a story. He's going to grow some legs during the next couple of days, but that's how I see it right now. So uh, at ranked third is Georgia, Tom. Uh, Georgia oh, yeah. wins the SEC last year. Huh? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say you don't want my opinion on Clemson. All right. All right. I'm just going to call yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. No, I, I, I really, I really had no, no hot take or anything on. I'm Clemson. I mean, uh, they, they lost a few starters, and, and they're 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 pretty loaded as well. I was just gonna say I would look for Clemson to be very, very scary in 2018, and, and I hope that I'm correct on that. But go ahead. What are you asking me? What are my thoughts on Georgia, or did you have a question on Georgia? I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna going to add for Clemson now. You know, since you had your hot take on Clemson. <laughs> Uh, I'm with Matt with State, but I also see Miami posing a danger maybe to them in the ACC. So it, the turnover chain's a pretty big deal down there, and uh, Mark Rick, he's one well, heck of a coach. And I think, if anything, uh, Miami will probably be the team that gives them the most fits in, in that conference. Well, the thing you got to look at with the Bulldogs, they lost two of their best running backs, some very talented players uh, throughout the roster. But no matter, the Bulldogs – are loaded once more. They're, they're led by uh, Jack Foreman, which is their, their uh, Foreman, which is their their quarterback. Uh, they got DeAndre Swift in uh, a very talented defense that's very very good. Uh, certainly highlighted and led by their cornerback uh, Baxter, Dexter Baxter, and lineman uh, Jonathan Ledbetter. So the Georgia Bulldogs are, are the real deal. They're the real deal. And honestly, out of the SEC, 
because I I I I am I I I don't want to sound like an Alabama Crimson Tide hater. Okay, I am an Alabama Crimson Tide hater. All right, you caught me. But I would love to see Georgia do it. I think that 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 we spent too much time reading the tea as opposed to drinking the tea. And I'm ready to drink some Kool-Aid. I'm ready for the Bulldogs to to show us uh, what they got. See what I did there? You like that? I got you. <laughs> well, hey, they were really close <laughs> last year. They were there, so they unfortunately and. Matt, you might have even been at the game at Notre Dame. You know, they their fans took over the stadium, and that was that broke my heart just to see that on TV. But uh, uh, I I think Georgia is probably in line to win the SEC again. I I, I would love to see a Georgia Alabama SEC championship game is really what I I would like. To, I don't know, I don't even think that's possible. I I can't remember if they're in the same division. I actually I think it is it is possible. Because it was Georgia and Auburn last year. Auburn beat Alabama in the in the Iron Bowl. So, I will I would love to see them two go head to head and not have two SEC teams potentially in the playoff again like they did last year. Even though it was great, it was great. It was a great game to watch. But I, I think Georgia once again, even though I think the defense is going to take a step back a bit, losing Raquan Smith to the NFL, uh, they still have Jake Fromm at quarterback. They do have to retool the uh, the running back position a little bit, but I still think they get it done, and I still think that uh, Kirby Smart knows how to beat uh, Alabama because it's really like a head game in a way because Clemson and now Georgia is really close because Clemson beat Alabama a couple years ago, and Auburn are, Auburn are the three teams that had the correct mindset it takes to beat Alabama because they have beat them or like Georgia last year was just so close, and they know what it takes to play a game like that against Alabama. So what Matt, what are your thoughts on Georgia? Actually, I think Georgia's got an even easier schedule than Alabama has. I mean, their last three games are all at home, and beyond maybe the cocktail party in Jacksonville against Florida, the only scary game that really stands out is the trip to Death Valley against an LSU team. Again, we don't know just how strong LSU is. With Ed Orgeron as the coach, I don't think this is the same LSU team that was dangerous in the late Saban years, early Miles years. Uh, beyond that, I think you talk about the easier road. It may be Georgia compared to Alabama, if you can imagine that. So, hey, uh, Rick, uh, Rick, I'm going to just – this really isn't breaking news, but it is a a very, very recent – So going back to what we were talking about earlier, and this is uh, a tweet from SB Nation, so they are releasing this. They said, Ohio State school officials have been meeting in Columbus for the majority of Wednesday to decide uh, to suspend head coaches. We talked about earlier, uh, guys, uh, President Drake is uh, adamant about there needing to be a suspension. A lot of the trustees say there does not need to be a suspension. Uh the update as well is uh, they're being told that the sticking point is President Drake wants a suspension of Meyer and the Board of Trustees does not. Uh, so at the moment, they're kind of at a stalemate. But I would think being the president of the college, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, the buck stops with him. And I don't know why they why there's even a vote. If he says, hey, we need to suspend Urban Meyer to send a message to, to him and everyone else. Let's do it. I can't see the board of trustees. What are they doing? Threatening to fire him over that? He needs to get some balls and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Go ahead, uh, Rick, if you have any thoughts on that. But that did just come down from SB Nation literally seconds ago. Yeah, Tom, you're exactly right. I can't understand why that why that would be. If he's the president, it's ultimately his decision. And Tom, he and you are military guys. Uh, if your commander says something or wants something done, then that's the way it's going to be, and you're going to get it done. There's no other way around it. So I don't know, uh, and Matt, maybe you know better than us, uh, is there some type of power this committee has over the president uh, that they can stalemate each other? Uh, I don't know what the deal is with that. Well, I think some of the schools have a check and balance control on that right now. But, uh, yeah, this is a very interesting situation, and I think right now, uh, whatever sides wins out, uh, we'll have an idea of where Ohio State's focus is on as far as their future. Is it on athletics, or is it on trying to betterment of the individuals there instead of you know focusing more on, yes, the student factor than the athlete factor? I think we'll learn uh, once this comes down and a decision is made here as to what that focus might be. Yeah, Rick, yeah, it looks, I, it looks I, like... 
I'm sorry. It looks like they're trying to offer a compromise and say give him time served, uh, fine him, uh, and a fine is on the table. President Drake has uh, resisted any type of fine, any type of time served. Uh, suspension is in order, and Ohio State must act swiftly to suspend Urban Meyer. That is what they've been held all day doing, Rick. Yeah, and uh, the time served thing is, uh, I see a lot of this stuff on social media too. Is like you're going to give a guy a 20 day paid vacation. You know, that's not really serving any time. But to me, it, it, it's it is serving well, they, time. Gonna, that's they're 20... also talking about they're also talking about fining him. So whatever that would equate okay. to. But well, I'm sorry. But at an elite college football program like Ohio State is. You know, he's one of the best coaches or one of the best teams year and year out and twenty days away from your football team and we're this close to the start of the season, it has a really big impact on, on a team. And if it's time served, I I might be okay with that because that's still it, it it's pretty bad. It's pretty tough penalty on a head coach, especially preparing a football team for a national championship run, and here we are a week and a half in the season, and he hasn't really been with his team during fall camp. So, Matt, are, are you with me on that? I mean, that's still a pretty big deal. If he, if he just gets time served, maybe that's that could be good enough. I'll be hard to press to see where that actually hurts the team or not. Uh, I think at this point you got to look at the scenarios from both areas of it, and right now uh, – Considering the circumstances right now and that they have the best coaching staff even without Meyer there, I don't think the – if you're saying that there's been a dropback or anything, I don't know if there's going to be a dropback if there's no reprimand here, and I think that's part of the reason why uh, President Drake is uh, stonewalling here just a little bit. And, and Rick, I, I apologize I got us offline there, but our next team to talk about is Ohio State. So I think it is important that we do kind of talk about Urban Meyer in context – uh, with them being ranked the number five and, and, and getting back into conversation. So I just felt like because they're such a reputable source that we needed to at least address if that's what's going on there. That's pretty pretty legit. And Well, we're on number four. You're jumping the gun, Tom. Oh, number sorry. four is Wisconsin. My fault. <laughs> all right. My fault. Got all excited with the breaking news button. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, – Wisconsin had a really awesome season last year, and they're probably going to repeat that that type of success again this year. I feel that way anyway. Alex Hornibrook at quarterback, at quarterback, and then uh, Jonathan Taylor running back, who's a uh, one of the top Heisman candidates. I, I do think Paul Chris, what he has got going on in Wisconsin, uh, they can get it done again in the Big Ten this year, and they could be a, a, a playoff team. Uh, I mean, they're ranked fourth now, and they they could stay in the playoffs. I mean, they this could be an undefeated run. Wisconsin. What's your, what's your thoughts, Tom? Well, here's you know me in the Big Ten. I'm all big about the Big Ten homer. Even if my Indiana University uh, Hoosiers doesn't make a splash, I still think they'll get to a bowl game. But that's a whole other topic for another show. Uh, but I like Wisconsin, especially seeing what we don't know what's going to happen with Ohio State. If Ohio State spins Urban Meyer for multiple games, that's going to hurt their psyche maybe we'll see how that plays out but i think this is prime picking for wisconsin absolutely prime picking to definitely win the big 10 and i would not be shocked if the badgers push the ohio state buckeyes completely out of the playoff picture so we're breaking down the top 10 and 917-889-8516 our number we're here with tom arquez host of the balance and Matthew Embry of 96.1 WSBT. And uh, is that South Bend, Matt? Is that up in South Bend? Yep, South Bend, Mr. Awesome. And uh, going to move on to number five, Ohio State, not having their head coach for the past 20 days. And uh, you know the, the deal with Urban Meyer, but let's talk about some of these players. Let's talk about J.K. Dobbins, the running back. You know, freshman season last year kind of busted on the scene. He's going to have an even bigger year this year. And, Matt, I believe their starter is going to be uh, the Hawkins. Yeah, Haskins is going to be the starter. I'll I'll be very curious to see what happens, but I think there's two games once Meyer does get back that we'll find out just how much the loss hurts him. And you're going to be surprised which teams they are. One is Penn State because Beaver Stadium is a tough place to play. The other 
is Purdue. Purdue, I think, is a very scary team here with Jeff Braun, year two, Nick Holt trying to get everything in as far as his defense. Even though they did lose a lot of players on defense this past offseason, I think if they get, you know, a quarterback situation with either Blau or Sindelar at the starting spot, that is a potentially scary game in West Lafayette for Ohio State. And consider the last several years, including under Meyer, they have had a lot of trouble putting away Purdue. In fact, I think on one or two occasions, they either came close or did lose to the Boilers. So, hey, Rick, I wanted to just kind of chime in on a comment on the Big Ten. We didn't really talk too much about Michigan State and Michigan uh, and Penn State. Those are three key schools inside the Big Ten. And let's face it, Jim Harbaugh has to have a very, very good year. What are your thoughts? What are you guys' thoughts on the those other teams inside the Big Ten? I know we're, we're kind of sticking to our ranking, but I did kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on those other schools inside the Big Ten. Can they do any damage, especially since we don't know uh, what's going to happen with Urban Meyer? So that's just a question to either one of you guys. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Penn State are the big four. The question is, can a team like Iowa or Purdue join them? I think if you're talking about those two schools, if Purdue can't show they had the death from last year and they can make up for the losses to graduation – I think they are the so-called fifth-best team in this conference. And I think uh, Michigan is the wild card here in, in that big four just because of Shea Patterson. And if he's going to be the old Miss, Shea Patterson, the, the two touchdowns, five interceptions against top 25 teams, or is he actually going to really be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten uh, on paper and way the experts talk that he is going to be their 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 savior in Michigan. Michigan's got an elite defense. Uh, they have problems on the offensive line last year. If, if that gets straightened out, and then what Shea Patterson Patterson could do at the quarterback position, uh, Michigan could be in line here for a very big year. And finally, a uh, Jim Harbaugh kind of gets off the hot seat. If they get by Notre Dame, they really make themselves look really good for the rest of the season. But that's a big if right now. But if they can either beat Notre Dame in South Bend or blow away Notre Dame, they're really going to look like a favorite uh, for the Big Ten season as far as I'm concerned, Rick. All right, and Matt, here's a question. Who needs this this win more? Is it Michigan or is it Notre Dame? I think it's Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame right now, there's still this. Remember, this is a school just two years ago that went four and eight. You do not want a negative thought hanging the heads of these upperclassmen who went through that four and eight season right now, because there are a ton of. What did I say? Something bad okay, here, Okay, Tom? guys, we we have some breaking news. This is coming from Breck McMurphy. If you know Breck McMurphy, is the guy that broke the story. Uh, certainly verified. Ohio State announces a news conference will be held at 8:50 p.m. So we will still be on the air. We'll be kind of monitoring that, and and, and we can kind of stick around a little bit. Of that we will not be able to, for a lot of reasons, we will not be able to air it live. So if the two of you guys want to kind of. Uh, be watching out for that. I will kind of be watching what's happening here. But there again, Breck McMurphy uh, just tweeted out just seconds ago, Ohio State announces a news conference will be held at 8.50 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, we'll see what happens. They announced that Urban Meyer did nothing wrong, or will anyone ask, for, did they get the suspension? Is he going to get fired? My guess, my guess, based on the conversation that we just had about the hierarchy of the school, there's going to be a suspension handed down to Urban Meyer. Well, that very well could could happen. Uh, I just I would love to see, just see the findings because that's going to create create a Twitter firestorm just right right there. Whatever the findings are going to be, people are going to pick that apart and say whatever the penalty Urban Meyer is going to get, he should or shouldn't have got that. So I I'm really interested. The whole thing has just been fascinating all day. We have kind of just been waiting with bated breath all uh, all day uh, over this. But I think going back to Michigan-Notre Dame, uh, the situation is, like I said, Rick, Notre Dame needs this game because you look at that schedule, other than Ball State and maybe maybe Northwestern, is there really a guaranteed win on that list after Ball State? Other than maybe Northwestern, thing, that's still a big if. I say the answer is no. The only thing I would say is just maybe Vanderbilt. 
Vanderbilt, That's the way it. they're raising them up, Paul Feinbaum, that game is looking scarier by the minute. I will say that much. So we're talking with Tom Arquez, host of The Balance, and Matthew Embry, 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader, Notre Dame Properties. Uh, breaking down this top ten. We're waiting on the word from Ohio State. The, I guess there's a press conference going to happen here in a couple minutes. So uh, once we get that information, we can just, uh, of course, we can't air anything like that live, but we can just pass on what we know and what we see to you if you're listening to us. So you will not miss a thing by listening to us. So at number six, we'll continue on to the top ten breakdown. Number six is Washington. Uh, Jacob Browning's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's going to be, uh, I don't know if he's – uh, NFL first rounder, but he's definitely NFL caliber quarterback. Uh, they got at, they got Auburn in week one, and that is, uh, you know, you could take a, your pick game day and go to Michigan, Notre Dame, or go to Washington, Auburn, because that is going to be a, one heck of a game also. So uh, Washington looks poised to win the Pac-12. Uh, I'm always kind of down on Washington every year because I feel like when they go get Stanford and Stanford slows them down and takes them out of the offense they, t- they want to run, Stanford usually gets a win in that game. Uh, that's always been my knock against Washington. When they can't run the offense they want to run, they they just kind of don't know what to do. So, Tom, what are your thoughts on Washington? I have to admit, I got sidetracked there. I'm trying to to watch for this press conference, so I will uh, uh, yield my time to the man from to the gentleman from South Bend. I will say this, and I may sound like you know one of those election night guys. They have to beat Auburn to have a chance here. If they lose or they get blown out in Atlanta, I will say it right now, Rick, the hopes for Washington to get in the playoffs will have officially crashed. They have got to find a way to win that game against Auburn or lose it close because if they get blown out of a Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, that's going to be hard for the selection committee to overlook, even if Washington goes Scott 3 through the rest of the season. That's going to be because, who knows, Auburn might be one of those top four opponents that could be in the playoff as well. And I think you're right. I, I just think the way the Pac-12 sets up this year, I don't see it as that strong of a conference. So Washington's probably going to need that win against Auburn uh, to be considered for the top four just because I think the Pac-12 is a little weak. Uh, I, I think that might be the national consensus, and maybe it's going to be really awesome. But I, I feel like USC is down. Stanford's going to be good. But there's a lot of teams that are usually pretty good in that conference that are down this year. Even UCLA with Chip Kelly, we don't know what to expect from UCLA just yet. So I feel like it's a down conference, and Washington's going to need this win against Auburn. Yeah, just because we're saying that, though, just Notre Dame fans, don't get your hopes up. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to think Notre Dame's going to run up on Stanford USC. Those are still tough games for Notre Dame folks. Yes. Uh, number seven is Oklahoma, Kyler Murray at quarterback, uh, Lincoln Riley head coach. They put up a ton of points, but the knock that I have against Oklahoma is every year they also give up a ton of points on defense. And that defense is going to play a, a lot better than they have the past couple of years if they want a shot to get into the top four. Uh, we're going to find out about them early because they play Florida Atlantic, and I think that's going to be a really tough game for Oklahoma. So it, if they can't score like they did with Baker Mayfield, uh, they're going to be a lot of trouble this year because I think Texas is up and coming, and I think TCU is really good, and also West Virginia in that conference with uh, Will Will Greer uh, is really good. So they they got some tough competition in that conference, and they're going to have to play defense if they want a shot. And like we said about the situation, Rick, one thing we didn't mention in the preview show a couple weeks ago is who's running Florida Atlantic? Lane Kiffin. A Lane, Lane Kiffin that bonked at Tennessee – Bonked at USC, he is desperate to get another chance. And what better way to do it than to knock off a big team like Oklahoma in week one and then get the attention going possibly to where he might get a third chance, dare we say it, with another Power 5 school. Now, granted, that may or may not happen, but certainly keep an eye on Lane Kiffin possibly getting negotiations going if somehow, some way he can find a way to get by Oklahoma. And I can't remember the uh... – I guess it was a tweet or, or, or a, a report that you quoted uh, on the balance when we uh, talked about this game where you said uh, uh, Florida Atlantic could win this game. You, you, you was quoting somebody uh, as picking Bill Florida Steel. Atlantic. There, there you go. And uh, I like Phil Steele. He's good, good college football mind. Yeah, I couldn't remember who you said. But I think that uh, 
the the closer this game gets, the more I'm gonna like I'm leaning towards that. I I just think there's too many question marks with Oklahoma's defense. Even though I think the offense is gonna put up a lot of points, but Florida Atlantic with Lane Kiffin can put up a lot of points, and I think Florida Atlantic is possible to get a close win here. That's the thing though that hurts all of these Big Twelve schools. It has become a thrust or bust offensive crazy league. I mean, you see it with Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. If any team in that conference showed a commitment to defense, and I think Texas Christian against Ohio State might be one of those, other than that, you look at them against any other school in a college football playoff game, and you don't like their chances against any of them because these teams just simply don't play defense. They just hope they can outscore you, and hopefully everything else will take care of itself. But the problem is you can't always do that. Okay, guys, here's what we have. Uh, according to Chris Ty, TV Ty, uh, Cleveland, uh, stand by. Uh, just in, Urban Meyer suspended till September 2nd. And that is, uh, again, by Chris Ty. We're still trying to uh, see some other stuff, but he is from a television station, and he is verified, and he's got his little blue check mark, and he is clearly someone of the media of WKYC. It looks like. Um, so if he's held so, to September second, that would mean he would be suspended for just the Oregon State game, and that would be it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I'm oh. still uh, refreshing and watching this, but uh, that's the first I've seen. But it does look like they've suspended him until September second. I'm still kind of just watching. Uh. So I don't think they're going to have ahead, problems guys. with Oregon State anyway. I don't think they're just going to have problems in that game anyway with without Urban Meyer. Uh, I was thinking three or four game suspension for him, but uh, they play really a lot of lower ranked, lower tier teams in those first couple weeks anyway. So uh, just being suspended for Oregon State, I don't think uh, they're going to have much problem in that game without Urban Meyer. Matt. So it's a three. Yeah, I think right now the thing is though the team though Oregon State is not the team that scares me. I think if this had been a three-game suspension, then yeah, maybe TCU would have been a much right. bigger concern. But Oregon State, I just don't think is at the level they were a couple years ago when they were giving teams fits in the Pac-12. Now, could they give them a run maybe for a quarter or two? Maybe, but again. The horseshoe, 100,000 fans, I just don't think Oregon State's going to be able to really give them a run. I think you could say the same thing, obviously, about Rutgers, who uh, is just a Big Ten team in sheep's clothing. They are they are a team that does not deserve to be in that conference. So I actually have the press conference on right now. I do not see anybody at the podium or anything like that. So I, I, I don't know what the uh, – it still says upcoming decision, Urban Meyer's future. So I don't know if that – if he's yeah, got inside gonna, information, or we are going to stand there's by because nobody is, at the podium. So I do have got, again. I get. I, I see. Urban Meyer has. And this is another tweet. Urban Meyer has been suspended for the first three games of Ohio State season. This comes right. from so now. A, now we got a, different reports. So <laughs> this comes from the uh, a verified account, Ohio State beat writer for the Athletic, uh, CLE. Um, Ari Wasserman, a verified account, uh, Urban Meyer has been suspended for the first three games of Ohio State season. Uh, yeah, just getting different reports in, but I guess we'll just wait and see. You know, we got about a minute left in the show, just over a minute, so it's this probably isn't going to break. You know, during the show, just after the show. Uh, so for our case, that's cool. So we can all. You know, down the show we can watch the uh, press conference because we've just been waiting on this thing all day. So we got about a minute left. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is what's going on. I'm seeing this just down one verified uh, account after another, media people after media people. Uh, they apparently got the heads up so that they could do their own breaking news. Uh, breaking news: Urban Meyer has been suspended for the first three games of Ohio State. Um, Urban Meyer suspended for three games. So if that's true, Matt, that puts him right there in line with that TCU game, that which could be a big problem. 
So I'm seeing other media people say that outlets are reporting that Urban Meyer has been suspended for three games. We do not have confirmation at that time, but that sources are reporting that through multiple outlets. So that appears to be what's going on. We are waiting for the uh, uh, official result. I'm going back to this Chris Ty. Yeah, now, uh, now ESPN is showing the games. So, uh, so here's kind of a a a write up, and I know we're about out of time, but I do want to point this out. Um, so uh, this is uh, in a letter Tim, from Tim the, has also been suspended through September 16th. Who's who was that? Gene Smith Gene has Smith. also been suspended for the same amount of time. So right. that's breaking news, guys, uh, here on Breaking Rank. I mean, uh, obviously, this, this uh, story is very, very fluent. Uh, but just to kind of give you a highlight, permitting such misconduct to continue uh, is not consistent with the values of the university and reflects poorly on Coach Meyer, the athletic director, Smith, and the university. Their handling of this matter did not exhibit the kind of leadership of high standards that we expect from our athletic director, head coach, assistant coaches, and all of the football staff. Urban Meyer will be suspended through September 2nd and uh, for the games on September 1 and 8 and 15 without pay. Gene is suspended without pay from August 31st to September 16th. Uh, so there you go, Rick. It's your show, but that's it. It, it happened while we were right here. The, the, the birth was given right here on Breaking yeah. Bank, the first show. We got to do some right. reporting on hey, that's really uh, That's really great for us. Uh, I'm kind of excited that you know, that news did come out while we were on the air, and we got to report some of this. Uh, even we actually reported the uh, – you was going through the three-game suspensions you had seen on Twitter before I even flashed up on ESPN. So we beat them to the punch. Because they like to fact check, I, I, I guess, before they uh, put anything on. So uh, it's really, really cool for us. And uh, we got to report that live on the air. Uh, we're no longer live on the air. We've been off the air now for about two minutes. So, uh, but you are in the uh, breaking rank extra, if you will. So you can only hear this if you download the podcast. And if you download the podcast, I mean. And guys, that's just about going to wrap up the show. I know we only got to like seven or eight of the top ten teams, but. Uh, uh, different circumstances throughout this show with the waiting for the whole uh, urban Meyer decision to come down. So kept having the break into breaking news, which I like that breaking news, uh, chime that, that we have installed on the show. It makes me, it made me laugh about three times every time you broke in. Cause every time... <laughs> you're at the mat with that thing every time. And, uh... <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm at the ready guys. I kind of like doing this co-host stuff. It allows me to do things that I, that I typically like push buttons and stuff, so that's all cool. Oh yeah, you get to do what I do and uh, get to do the social media thing while I, and and try to listen to questions you're, you're going to ask at the same time. It's hard to do it. You see how I help sometimes I'm not. I, I tell you what, the, Rick, you have earned your own show. You do a fantastic job behind the scenes. A lot of people don't know that. You are certainly the Swiss Army knife for the balance, and you can keep us afloat. So, uh, guys. Rick, it's up to you to close the show whenever you're ready, buddy. Hey, I'm Rick Riggin, at Riggin underscore Rick on Twitter. You can find the show at Frankie Wet Rank 1 and The Balance, which is the uh, the mothership of our network here, at T-Balance on Twitter. And, Tom, where, where can we find you? Well, you can find me at T-Balance, obviously. <laughs> uh, my personal Twitter, though, I don't ever really get a chance to put that out, at Thomas, T-H-A-M-A-S-M-A-R-Q. Yeah but mostly on at T-Balance. And Matt, where can people find you? And, of course, of course M-A-T-T, M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y on Twitter, also on Facebook as well. Don't forget also, for those of you that are listening in the South Bend, Mishawaka area or worldwide, we will have more information on this. Darren Pritchett, Son Steyers, and Eric Hansen from 5 to 7 on Weekday Sports Beat. That's on WSBTradio.com. And, of course, our countdown to Notre Dame-Michigan starts next week. Tune in from 5 to 7 for more updates on weekday sports beat again at WSBTRadio.com. Matt, you bring it to the show every time you're on, buddy. Thank you for coming on. Not a problem. That was Matthew Embry, 96.1 WSBT. And it's crazy to think about here in about four days, it's going to be game week. And I cannot wait. Yeah, as a big Irish fan, everybody knows it looks to the balance. So yes, I, I will go all Lou Holtz 
I'm picking the Irish in every single game, and it's just hard to think about. In about four days, it's it's game week. It's it's here. I can't wait. Well, you did a great job today, uh, Rick. Uh, congratulations on launching your own show here on the Balance. You've earned it. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll keep it going next week, and uh, certainly on the Balance on uh, Saturday. So uh, you ready to close it out? Ready to close it out. Uh, Tune in next week. You can always find us on Twitter at BreakingRank1, uh, 917-889-8516. And next week we are going to break down actual upcoming college football games. I promise you I can't wait. So tune in next Wednesday night, 8, 7 Central. I'm Rick Riggin. Rick. This is the, I was going to say you gotta, I was going to say I had a catchphrase. <laughs> so whatever your catchphrase is. I don't have a, I don't, I ain't thought of a catchphrase yet. You know, I guess I got to get better at this hosting my own show thing. But uh, <laughs> this has been Breaking Rank, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.